friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. and welcome back to this week's Facebook Live. Today, we are going to bust through some Etsy myths that I see out there on the internet all the time. I wanna go ahead and squash them right out of the gate so that we can get down to business, working in your shop, and making this business and your vision successful for you without being held back by these things that are not even true to begin with. If you're new around here, my name is Lauren Keplinger and I teach Etsy sellers how to scale their sales and build a successful business without the overwhelm and frustration and without having to work in their shop all the dang time. I am coming to you live this week from my mom's house where hopefully uh, the internet is not going to kick off and everything is going to go smoothly. So if you are here live, I would love for you to say, hey, um, and introduce yourself, and hopefully I will be able to see those comments. Before we jump into today's live, I want to let you know that next week I am doing what I am calling Scale Your Sales Week, hashtag Scale Your Sales Week in my Facebook group. We are going to be talking about all different aspects of selling on Etsy and really diving into your business to be able to scale up your sales and your revenue and make this a consistent and meaningful income for you and your family. So all next week, I will be going live every single day at 1 p.m. Eastern in my Facebook group. That group is um, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. There should be a button on this video. I've never used the little button feature before, so hopefully it worked. uh, Facebook told me that it would. (laughs) Um, So let's go ahead and jump in to some of these myths that are so prevalent on the internet. <clears throat> they are have been around for forever, so um, if you have heard any of these, I would love for you to chime in. I asked this in my Facebook group the other day and I got a lot of responses of things that people just hear over and over again. So maybe some of these are holding you back from moving forward in your Etsy shop or really believing that this is something that's possible for you to do and that you can really dive in and do it. The very first thing I want to talk about is your actual product line. A lot of people out there think that the only way that they're going to be able to be successful on Etsy is to come up with this brand new product that nobody has ever seen before and that they're able to get themselves out there and get themselves seen only because they have something that's completely unique and not on the platform with any kind of competition. Many of those same people believe that Etsy is really oversaturated. That's something that I hear all the time. Etsy is really oversaturated. And that their particular market is even more oversaturated because we all feel like our market is the hardest one to get seen in and it's so hard to get found. Um, We're gonna talk specifically more about that oversaturation and how that also is a myth, but we're gonna work through how to work around that um, and how to make that work for you on Monday in the Facebook Live, so be on the lookout for that. But I just wanna bust through this myth right off the bat. Here's the thing, most of us are handmade sellers who are making things in our house. 
If you are a hand, if you're not a handmade seller and you're selling on Etsy, then likely you have either antiques or supplies because that pretty much rounds out what Etsy allows you to sell on the platform. So if you're a handmade crafter or an artisan or an artist or whatever you want to call it, the chances are that you are not coming up with something that nobody has ever seen before. It's 2020 and pretty much the only things that people have not seen before are tech products. So more than likely, I would say that most of us are not creating tech products to sell on Etsy. Um, that would be a strange place to sell a tech product. So I can feel pretty confident in saying that your product that you're creating is not new and there is competition out there and there is probably competition um, on Etsy specifically. But I want to come out and say right away that that is not a bad thing. And I have talked about this in the past in podcasts, but competition on the Etsy platform shows that buyers are coming specifically to the platform to look for that item that you're creating. So for instance, you can take my own shop as an example. I sell monogrammed baby gifts. I am for sure not the only person on the Etsy platform that sells monogrammed baby gifts by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> when I go to Etsy and I type in monogrammed baby blanket, which is what 90% of my shop is filled with, there are about 15,000 results that come up. Many of the people that are selling these same kinds of things on Etsy are selling literally the exact same blanket that I do because I don't actually make the blanket, I buy it and I add the monogram. So a lot of the people are getting their blankets from the same suppliers that I'm getting mine from or a similar one and they're doing a very similar kind of monogram or even the exact same monogram. But does that mean that I'm not gonna be able to sell that product on Etsy because there are other people that are already selling it? No, what that means is that people are coming to Etsy specifically looking for that product or that category of products and there's already a built-in buyer base for that product on the platform. Think about if you were selling some kind of obscure tech product that for some reason you decided to sell on Etsy. <laughs> Chances are nobody is really gonna be searching for that product or shopping for that product on the platform because A, they don't even really know what to be looking for and B, they don't know that they should be looking on Etsy for that product. Think about it this way. When Steve Jobs created the iPhone and all the people that worked with him, not just him, but all the people that worked with him created the iPhone, not only did he actually have to sell the physical products, but he also had to educate the buyer as to why they even needed an iPhone in the beginning or from the get-go. Because no one had ever seen anything like that, that was a product that was brand new to the market, he had a, an obstacle in educating people as to how this fit into their lives or why it was even valuable. Because why do we need a computer and um, you know all the, a camera that's attached to our phone? Nobody had ever done that before. So he had to cross that barrier of people seeing the value in what he was selling and actually wanting the product and then get it in front of them to sell it to them. Obviously, they did a great job of that, and we all have iPhones and smartphones now, but we're not Steve Jobs, and we don't have a company like Apple working behind us, so we're not coming up with something like that. We're not coming up with something that you're going to have to educate the buyer about why they would even want this product to begin with. Having a product that's already out there and already has other competition and other sellers who are selling similar things on the platform makes it easier for you as a seller because that education piece is already done. People are already coming to the platform knowing that they want this product and knowing that that's what they're looking for. 
they already also know that they want to buy it from Etsy. They want this handmade or small business, more customizable, whatever their reasons for, whatever you offer. You just have to convince them that yours is the best one in comparison to the competition, which again, we're gonna talk more about ways to do that and how you really beat that idea of oversaturation in the live on Monday at 1 p.m. So make sure you join in for that. But when you get deterred or when you say that you're not gonna be able to sell on Etsy or you're not gonna be able to be successful because there's already people that are doing a really good job and have been really successful selling similar products as to what you're creating, I don't want that to be a deterrent for you. Nobody has the same angle that you have in the way that they're, they're talking about their products. No one has the exact same style. No one else is you that's putting this item out there. So there are a lot of ways to set yourself apart, even if your product is not new or unique. And it doesn't have, your unique angle doesn't have to be the actual product. So a lot of people really, really get hung up on that. Hey guys, I am coming out here to let you know about my brand new masterclass, three sneaky mistakes that will sink your Etsy shop and how to avoid them for Etsy success. That is happening Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I would love to have you join me live on that masterclass. So go to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash masterclass and register to save your spot. Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, three sneaky mistakes that will sink your Etsy business and how to fix them for Etsy success. I will see you there. The next myth I wanna talk about, which was actually one of the ones that somebody mentioned in the Facebook group when I asked this question the other day, is the idea that you have to have 50 to 100 listings in your shop before you're ever gonna be able to be successful or get found or get any traffic really to your shop. I hear this one all the time and this one was an, a myth that was around even when I started selling in 2012 and the numbers were the same, 50 to 100 listings, you had to have that um, or else you would not be able to be successful. I was convinced that my shop was going to take off once I hit that 100 listing mark and that the only thing, the one thing that was standing in the way of me being successful and being able to have sales was that I just did not have enough listings. The rumor is still around, still same numbers. It's still really prevalent. I see it in Facebook groups all the time when people are struggling to get traffic to their shop or they're struggling to get sales and people say that they need to add more products to their shop. And once they get to that 50 to 100 listing mark, they'll be successful. This is pure and simple, just a myth. And I hope that you really take this to heart. If you have poorly optimized SEO and you're not able to attract traffic into your shop, simply adding more listings is not going to fix that problem. You're just going to have more poorly optimized listings in your shop and you're gonna be paying more in those listing fees. So instead of having 10 listings that aren't bringing in any traffic to your shop, you're gonna have 60 listings that aren't bringing in any traffic to your shop. The only thing that adding more listings does other than cost you 20 cents per listing is that it allows you to be able to target more than one buyer or to cast a wider net of who you possibly and potentially can attract to your shop. But if you don't know how to attract anyone to begin with, and your SEO is not such that you're actually able to attract people to your listings, or you don't even know exactly who you're trying to attract, then simply adding more listings is not going to fix that problem, and it's not gonna do anything for your traffic. And I hate to be really blunt, I feel like I'm being really cut and dry with the way that I am saying that, but I am here to help you make progress, not to sugarcoat it for you. So I want to shoot it to you straight, and this is just something that's simply not going to help your shop unless you already know how to attract that traffic.
In which case, people wouldn't be telling you that you needed 50 to 100 listings to begin with. There are plenty of shops out there that have hundreds and hundreds of listings and they're still not selling anything and they're still not getting any traffic. And there are plenty of shops out there that have 15 listings and they're bringing in consistent sales. It doesn't have to do with the number of listings, the, just the sheer number of listings that you have. It has to do with a, being able to target your buyer and attract them into your shop so that you can get eyes on your product and convert those people into paying customers of your actual listings. Now, that is not to say that you should open up your Etsy shop with one listing. I do think that you need to have enough listings in your shop that it looks like you're actually taking your shop seriously and you can present a shop that has some options for people to buy when they come into your shop. Um, you kind of want to think about it like if you walk into a store and there's just like one thing sitting on a shelf somewhere, that would be weird. Um, and you would be more likely to be like, well, that thing is really nice, but this is strange. So I think you need to have at least 10 to 15 listings in your shop, not because that 10 to 15 mark is going to magically attract buyers into your shop or attract traffic into your listings. It's just so that once you get buyers in the door or you get people looking at your products, they have the ability to scroll around and spend a little bit of time with your shop and get a little bit more familiar with it so that they have a higher likelihood of deciding to purchase and convert into a buyer. So you, you have a higher likelihood of making that sale if they have a few more options than just like one. One of the things we talk really, really deeply about in SEO Superstars is your dream customer. Your dream customer is the person that's going to be really into your products and that you can be heavily targeting as you work through attracting buyers into your shop with your SEO. Once you understand the idea of your dream customer and you understand how to appeal to this person, I do think that there is some benefit to creating listings that can pull in dream customers for different purposes. So in that way, it can be beneficial to copy listings and change the SEO so that you can target buyers across multiple different genres or occasions or different ways that they can give things as a gift or whatever. But again, that's not that, it's not inherently attracting more buyers or more views because you have more listings. It is attracting more buyers and more views because you have the knowledge to be able to um, target these people specifically and to be able to really talk directly to your dream customer. The presence of more listings is not what's making that be a successful tactic to increase your sales. It has to do with knowing how to target that buyer and then creating listings that target the buyer in different areas of their lives. So if you are stuck in the mindset that you can't really dive into making this Etsy shop and making this business successful or you're stuck in that mentality that you're still starting in the beginning stages of your business because you don't have that magical 50 to 100 listings in your shop, I want you to let go of that feeling and let go of feeling like you have to create more listings just for the sole purpose of creating listings and products. We are not trying to have busy work in this business. And I don't want you to get distracted creating new products or new mock-ups or new collections or however you want to call them that have nothing to do with the core of what your shop is about just because you feel like you need to create more listings to have that magical number that's going to bring in traffic to your shop. The last myth that I want to talk about in our three myths that can really hold you back is that Etsy is for hobby sellers. 
And if you are a real serious seller, you won't sell on Etsy long term, but you'll open your own website instead. Or another way that I see people word this is that Etsy is a starting point for opening a shop or a business, but if you get successful and you actually have consistent sales and you're doing okay with it, you'll probably wanna move off Etsy because Etsy is for hobby sellers. This one irks me on a personal level because that just simply has not been true for me. I don't consider myself a hobby seller by any stretch of the imagination. This is not a hobby income for me, and I have absolutely no desire to move off of Etsy. What Etsy has provided me with is a platform that takes care of everything in my business, other than just the actual creation and monogramming of the stuff that I'm making. I don't have to do the marketing. I don't have to do any kind of crazy programs that help me with shipping. I don't have to do any kind of advertising. I don't have to understand how to set up a website for e-commerce and have the SSL certificate and all of that. I don't have to understand how to drive traffic to a website. Etsy takes care of everything for me. They have this platform that has all of these built-in functions that make it so easy for sellers to create a business and not have to worry about all the moving pieces on the tech side of it, which can be a huge issue. They also have a platform that's consistent across all the shops that are on Etsy in how they look, which I have heard before people say that as a negative thing because everybody's shop can kind of look similar. But I say that that is a positive thing because familiarity and the I guess just the, um, they've seen it before, the familiarity of it adds authority and confidence to the buyer in coming to the platform and deciding to make a purchase. We're comfortable with things that we're familiar with and people are familiar with the Etsy platform. So they feel more comfortable buying from it. I have talked about this before in the past, but I used to have a Shopify shop because I fell prey to this myth that if I was gonna be a serious seller and I was gonna actually make this a real business, then I needed to have my own website. And so for any traffic that I was driving on my own, which I talked about last week that I was in this hellacious hustle of trying to, to drive all of this traffic to my shop, I was directing it a lot to my Etsy shop versus, I mean, not my Etsy shop, sorry, my Shopify website instead of my Etsy shop. And what ended up happening was that my overall sales across all the platforms ended up going down and my conversion rate fell in the traffic that I was driving. And I think that that goes back to that familiarity and the confidence piece on the buyer side of it, because I was directing them from let's say Pinterest or Instagram or whatever to my Shopify site, but then they didn't know me. They weren't familiar with me or my business and they didn't have confidence in this random website that they're now looking at. And also I'm not a web designer, so it didn't look that great. And now more than ever, even more so than when I was doing it, which was a few years ago, there are so many crappy products from overseas sellers all over the internet that have really pretty websites and really pretty Facebook ads and Instagram ads and all of that, but the actual product is just junk. And I'm sure that you've seen this. It, they're really common on Instagram. You're scrolling through and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. And then you order it and it's like $15 and it comes from overseas and it's absolute junk. So the buyer confidence in just buying random stuff off the internet, I believe is falling because there is so much of this out there that is so, it presents really well and the websites maybe look decent and then the actual product is not good. Even though we could all say that there are resellers on Etsy that are also selling bad quality stuff and that's unfortunate that that is happening, 
ultimately the buyer does have more recourse with Etsy because they can open a case and get their money back if they end up buying something that was touted as a handmade product but ends up being mass-produced junk from overseas. <laughs> so the par other part of this being a hobby versus a professional business, a real, real business, and having a website is that Etsy fees are really low for a platform that you're being a part of. Compared to any other platform that you're gonna sell on, like Amazon or eBay, Etsy has really low fees by only charging 5% of your um, overall transaction for their transaction fees. In comparison, something like Shopify isn't gonna charge you a percentage, they're just gonna charge you a flat, I think the basic plan is around $30 a month to host your website there. So you may be selling, saying, well, $30 a month is cheaper than 5% in the long run, and at some point that would be true. However, you would have to sell $600 a month worth of stuff. I did this math ahead of time so that I could run the numbers with you. You'd have to be selling $600 a month worth of stuff on Etsy in order to just make back that $30 that you're paying in Shopify um, just for the platform, the $30 Shopify platform fee. So if you sell $600 worth of stuff on Etsy in a month, your 5% that you're paying in transaction fees is gonna equal that $30. So that's your break even point. Now I'm absolutely not saying that you're not gonna make more than $600 a month on Etsy. Obviously the goal is to sell way more than $600 a month worth of stuff. But then you also have to take into account when you have your own website, you're having to drive your own traffic. So you're gonna have to decide how you're gonna run Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram, you're gonna have to pay for an email list provider, all that stuff that you're gonna have to do that you don't have to do being a part of Etsy. You're simply not gonna be able to drive enough organic traffic to an off-site website without paid advertisements. It's just not gonna happen. So very quickly, those paid advertisements are going to add up to more than that 5% fee. So when people talk about you know building your own website and how you're avoiding those Etsy fees, there's a whole lot more to that picture than just that 5% fee and not having that 5% fee on a different platform. But even more than the fees and the actual numbers of the business, I wanna go back to the fact that Etsy allows you to really have a passive business other than just cr the creation of your product. However, if you have digital products, it can be totally passive. They are doing the advertising for you. They have commercials on TV, they have ads on Facebook, they have ads on Pinterest, Instagram, all of those things, Google, and everywhere that they're running those ads, they have had them designed and the um, words you know, that they're saying or written or whatever done by professionals who actually know what they're doing. And once you optimize your Etsy SEO and you understand how to get in front of those buyers on the platform through the search, you're able to get the views into your shop and your products simply by being a part of that, ad, of that platform that's doing all of this for you. So they bring in the buyers and you just have to get the buyers into your shop, which I'm not gonna say is a simple thing for sure, but it definitely is possible. So I wanna squash that myth forever that if you are a real serious seller, you need to have your own website and you need to be spending this time building your own website and driving your own traffic to it instead of being a hobby seller on Etsy. I recently hit $600,000 in sales on Etsy and I am not even the slightest, teensiest, teensiest little bit interested in setting up my own website. Etsy makes it too easy for me to run this business that will likely hit a million dollars in sales in the next few years. And I don't have to stress about the marketing and the driving traffic and building a community or any of that other crap that you would have to do if you had your own website. 
they bring in the buy the buyers and I just have to make the products and send it out and that freedom is not worth giving up I hope that some of these myths have hit home with you and you've heard them and you've worried about them and maybe you've spent some time doing the things that they're telling you to do and now you can let go of them and put them to rest I want you to know that building a successful and profitable Etsy business is 100% possible for you as long as you have the tools and the knowledge that you need in order to stand out on the platform and stop the busy work so that you can focus on the things that really make a difference for the sales and revenue in your shop. Like I said in the beginning, I will be going live all next week for Scale Your Sales Week in my Facebook group, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. We're gonna be doing it back in the group instead of on this page for a little bit of extra privacy because I don't know exactly how the Facebook thing works at this point, but I know that there are times where if you're watching a video or you comment on a video or whatever, it pops up in your newsfeed. Um, and a lot of people don't want that because they don't want everybody to know what they're doing or you know maybe you haven't told a lot of people in your real life that you're building this Etsy shop and so you don't want all of this on your own Facebook newsfeed. So we are gonna be doing it back in the group where if you comment or you post or you ask questions or whatever, it's totally private. Only the people in that group can see it um, and can interact with it. And that group is the seriously nicest group of Etsy sellers, the most positive people around. So if you're not a part of that group, make sure you join Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. Um, I am gonna turn this into a podcast, so I'm just gonna say the website for that is laurenkeplinger.com forward slash Facebook, and it will forward you to that group. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now.